From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Nice way to start off the show. This is Social Distortion. Story nice. of my life. Look at that. Hey, we're the Sklar Brothers. This is View from the Cheap Seats. Our guest this week uh, on the show, we'll get to him later, is uh, the fantastic Ryan Rossillo. Ryan Rossillo has a great uh, podcast. One great one that he does with Bill Simmons called Dual Threat on, on The, the Ringer. Ring. And of course, he's amazing on uh, ESPN. We sort of grew up, not grew up on him, but came up on him in... Uh, when he and Van Pelt were doing their thing, great interaction between the two of them. And now he's got the Rosillo pod. So good. Uh, he's one of the honest, true, in my opinion, he and Van Pelt too, those guys really. Good voices. Good in the voices in, in the sports talk world. And so I say, uh, check that out. And he'll be coming on to talk all things, his history, where he came from the Northeast and how he sort of cut his chops on uh, Boston uh, minor league baseball and then basically ESPN. But he is a huge NBA guy. We'll get deep into some NBA talk uh, and and other great things as well. But uh, we our top take is about a story that's developing out of the NBA, uh, and it is this story that's it's cra- it's crazy that's Jay, happening with Dwight Howard. Um, I can't believe this have, hasn't happened sooner to another athlete. Agreed. Or it's just been, it's happened for sure, but it has been sort of squashed. But now in the age of 24-hour social media and whatnot, and it's just, it is now more than ever, you know it's going to pop up. And details are still emerging. So uh, Dwight Howard had a relationship with uh, a trans, a a person. More than one, I think. Yeah, he's had multiple relationships with either homosexual relationships, trans relationships, um, women who are transitioning to be men. It's not 100% clear the full and extent. Our attitude straight off the bat is who cares? Good. Good, Good for, for you. him. If that's Find what, what you like doing. and do it. But he is fearful of the ridicule and the backlash that would come from not only the NBA community, the sports community, the fans, and the sport. And so as a result, he sent his entourage to this most recent person who he had ongoing relations with. And they broke up. They broke up, and he threat. He had his entourage threaten this person with violence if they ever came forward. Well, or he said to his entourage, go talk to this person. And, and, make they sure acted on their, and they acted on their own and said, stay quiet, because their gravy train is tied to Dwight Howard, and there you go. And Dwight Howard is concerned about his own future, would never mind the fact that he was already like a kind of hated figure yeah. in the sports world. Hurting, hurting his reputation, which was already terrible in right. the sports world. But what's, what's sad, and it's sad on many levels, is number one, that he has to hide it. Number two, Two, that he has to silence someone else. And number three, that his fears are founded. There are people, certainly his detractors and haters and large portions of the community, the sports listening and fandom, that would seize upon this and make a big deal out of it. And make his life a living hell when it shouldn't be. And make this person's life a living hell. So Uh, what he did was wrong, but he was pushed to it on on the very real fear of what 
probably would happen to him. Now, I, Randy and I have been trying to unwrap this and understand perhaps why people would do that. And, you know, as diehard fans of certain teams, uh, you know, you know, there are rivals. There are people who play against you, enemies within the sport. That is the sort of sleight of hand that sports gives you, which is it takes a very low stakes thing and makes you think it's very high stakes. It's kind of why I love it. It is why you love it, but it is also what drives people insane and drives them to do things. Fan is short for fanatic. So people get fanatical about things. They don't think rationally. And you start to think, oh, this guy who's on the other team. you say someone is a fanatic or fanatical about something, you you add the word. Yeah, he's going to behead someone. Or he's going to wear a bomb and walk into a Mm -hmm. supermarket. He's he's fanatical about this. So we radical. It's almost a radicalization within this world. So obviously... If you're a fan of something and you're fanatical about something, the teams that oppose you and are trying to defeat you are your quote-unquote enemies. You look for weaknesses. You look for weird things, things that could you happen. Can you can upon. seize upon to pick on. All that stuff. And I think it heightens... You know, you got this general malaise of people who just suck, who are homophobes, who are racists, who are terrible, awful people who should in some way sit in a garage and have their cars turned Turn on. Turn on the car via Carolina style. Die. And just just die. fucking die. We don't need you on this planet anymore. Get the fuck out of here. Those people are always going to be around. But now you've got a larger galvanized audience who are hating on you because you represent the quote-unquote enemy, the other teams that you're playing against. And some people who aren't necessarily those homophobic people might seize upon something like this and use it and see it as a quote-unquote weakness. Again, certainly gay behavior is seen in many ways as weak a form of weakness, which is kind of strange. I don't know if you've hung out or seen dude. a dude. I don't know if you've hung out with gay dudes or a large group They're of They're usually dudes. jacked. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot of that and it, it saddens me and this is the moment where you can't make excuses for the sports world as a sports fan and where I turn around and say, oh, I get it. This person who doesn't really get sports and is like, bummer that you're in the sports world because it's not a very accepting world. Well, I think it, I agree with you, but I think there's a little more complicated twist to it. And I do think this rivalry notion and this thing that seeps in, it makes rational people irrational and it makes people make choices that I think so can be hurtful. So what's going to happen to Dwight Howard? I, I mean, it's out there now. What is going to happen to him? Well, this is the big question of all the leagues. And we'll get into this later. I do think the NBA is the league uh, where you have an opportunity at least to have some openness. I mean, you think about the fact that the NBA canceled their all-star game in Charlotte, North Carolina, because of the trans bathroom law, because of HB2. Do you think the league will come to his... I don't know if the league comes to his defense, but if he needed it and he asked for it, maybe they would. But But to me, why doesn't he lean into this? This is what I'm saying, Jay. And this is the sadness, and I know he Why doesn't he lean in? Because he fears the backlash. Okay, but... And do a bunch of ads saying don't discriminate or don't gay bash or don't bash the trans world or whatever. And the NBA, like NBA cares, doesn't add in in support of that. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be the one way to thread the needle of this whole situation? That's the half step towards going open about his I think the NBA should force him to do it as punishment for sending the entourage to shut this person up. That should be his penance. It's possible. But my fear would be that it would be so overwhelming that he might go so far as you don't know if he'd keep on living if if he was faced with this sort of a thing it's kind of huge but think of the step it would take for all those people who are grappling with stuff like that or feeling like they're not who they are in a world that they're again dwight howard he's like the biggest toughest dude 
He's for enormous. Him, he's larger him, than life. He's Superman. For him to step forward and say, it's okay for you to feel this way and have feelings for people like this and, and whatnot and embrace who you are as a person. Wouldn't that be an amazing moment for sports? But I don't, this is the sad thing. As much as I love sports, I don't think sports will rise to the occasion in this moment and do what's right. Sports is way more likely to have Tim Tebow come out and say, don't get an abortion mm -hmm. and go that direction than it is to have someone come out and be like, uh, look, Let's love treat whoever you, love want. whoever you want and just be Please true don't judge. Don't judge anyone. That's it. Don't That's judge. the campaign. Do not judge. I would have Judge Judy be a part of that. Let's see. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge steps up and says, don't judge people. Not even me. We'll see if that I happens. I can't even judge people. We'll see if that happens. Who knows? Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, Ryan Rossillo here on View from the Cheap Seas where the Sklar Brothers, it's off and running. Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, as mentioned, we have a great guest, someone who knows his sports, someone we listen to and we enjoy. I enjoy him. He's one of my favorite voices in the entire ESPN canon right now. Uh, Ryan Rosilla, welcome to the thanks show, Thanks for brother. being on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for... Uh, this has been a long time coming. coming yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we talking. tried. <laughs> we wanted this to happen for a long time, but we've been fans of yours. So I just, you know, again, uh, for me, there are... There were fewer and fewer and fewer voices that I enjoy listening to. Like whenever Kenny Mayne does a sports center, I'm like, I'm there. And I actually have really enjoyed uh Van, Pelt. Van Pelt's like version of Sports Center yeah, as he's great. found yeah. where it is. But there aren't a ton of other voices that I really love listening to. And I would say that for me as a sports fan, the truth of the matter is, like if I want baseball, I kind of gravitate towards the MLB network. Or if I want this, I'm going to go to the more specific networks for that. But you are one consistent voice that I actually enjoy hearing what you have to say about all sports. And I loved you guys in Entourage. Thank Thanks, you. Man. So, uh, so now we're even. So is that... So the combo, uh, I don't know if it's equal. fair because it was episode, like a one-time yeah, thing. Is that annoying when people bring it up? No, no because we were proud of what we did. That was awesome. Was Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. so it was super fun. It no, was but I, I loved your show 
what you guys were doing with us for for classic it was one of those things where i'd be like i'm not gonna watch this and every time i watch it i'd be like i'm glad i watched yeah thank you it was like hanging out i'm saying i'm starting to show my son's almost 10 i'm starting to show him the show a little bit and uh what i am appreciating in it was what we attempted to do comedically as often as we did. we What we didn't do was just say, let's make a show that's kind of funny about sports. We were like, let's make a comedy show. It is comedy first. Sports is the backdrop. If you're a sports fan, we got you covered. If you're not a sports fan, you're just a comedy fan. You'd be fine. Come right. here. And and, that, and I always think like any of these things when you're trying to pitch or you know create something, it's just what is it? And then you go, okay, we the idea is we go into the archives and mm-hmm. we grab old stuff and then we watch it and we mm-hmm. sit there and laugh, a little mystery science mm-hmm. thing to it. And mm-hmm. It worked. It did, it totally worked. So I'm I'm Well, it worked because and what I'm realizing now that I love is that there was a point in time when ESPN did not have a, a, every large contract of sport thing and they were still filling for, filling 24 hours of stuff. So like you had beard and mustache championships <laughs> and cheerleading competitions and dog shows and all that stuff had Some of the wrestling stuff you guys found. I mean, I was like is this in someone's basement? <laughs> it literally it felt did like It feel like it was So in we grew up watching wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis, Missouri, which did feel like it was at the Chase Hotel. You guys Hotel. are St. Louis guys? Yeah. yeah. See, everybody from St. Louis is great. So <laughs> oh, I'm serious. No, everybody Where are you from, from originally? St. Louis. I'm from Mass, so Mass, you know. You know. So can <laughs> not we, everybody from Mass. Is can great. We, not every, there are some Mass holes out there, but can we? That, but people actually enjoy being Mass holes. I'll say this about Massachusetts: it's ridiculous the run. The, I'm going to call it a 17 year run that you've 18 year run that you've been on in the world of sports. After I don't want to hear like the Celtics were great for so many years, so like you can't claim that you never. It's, you're not Cleveland, okay? No, no, but, no. The Red Sox were long time suffering. Patriots long time suffering. Well, and I think the Red Sox, and correct me if I'm wrong, part of the suffering that the Red Sox endured was having to watch your arch rival just win, 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 win. Correct? Well, that was the biggest thing. Like, I at least, you know, I grew up with my first game being in 82. Yaz hit a home run against the Brewers. And I was just immediately like, oh, this Yaz guy's the best. I went to Yaz Day in 83. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. I mean, I was more passionate about the Red Sox than anything. And But you guys but, had players. Right. You guys they were had good, Freddie Lynn. Right. You guys had Clemens. Uh, Clemens. The 86 Clemens for me is kind of my, you know, it's one thing to see Yaz hit a home run or paying attention. Like Chris Mullen was kind of my first basketball thing because my father used to take me to all the Big East games and mm-hmm. watch UConn get smoked by everybody. Mm-hmm. But that 86 run of Clemens going 14-0 at the All-Star break. Green, like 20 strikeouts in that? 20 year? strikeouts against Seattle. Right. Because um, then he did it again when he left free agency. But that was the first thing of just being so emotionally invested in every outcome. Yes. And loving that team. And then, look, the 88 team and then the 90 team, I go back and think about all this stuff. But while that was happening, as I'm growing up from 10 to 15, high school into college, the Yankees had sucked like the Yankees weren't yeah, in the, the Mattingly, the Mattingly Wilderness exactly. is what I'll call it. So I could at least, for all the long time suffering as a Red Sox fan, be like, "Well, what are you guys like? Right. What have you done?" And then at they least had were that, better than you. Yeah, right. And they had the series against the Mariners, and I was like, "Whatever." And then '96 happens, the comeback, and then that run at the end of the '90s. That was when I was as much of a Red Sox fan as I've ever been. And you were knee-deep in Yankees fucking hell. It was the worst. Yeah, we were living in New York at that time, and I mean, we're Cardinals fans. We don't like the Yankees. There's, we were always like, right. fine, we won nine champ, and they're like, we won thirteen championships. You know, like fine, you know, or however many twenty. Trust like, me, it's a, it's more than that because you hear about it. All twenty, time. I yeah. don't know, twenty six, whatever it was. Like we won this, and we're like, well, we won the most in the National League, but still, it didn't even compare. No, it so matter. I didn't like right. it. But I have to say, being in New York from ninety four to ninety nine. 
those years. And Joe Torre being a St. Louis guy from back then, you kind of want, and, and seemingly a phenomenal dude. I don't know how, how much time you spent with him, but he seems like a great dude. It wasn't like I was in the locker room all the time. Right. I had started in um, my career, at least with sports, in minor league baseball with the Red Sox AA team in 02. And at that mm-hmm. point, like I had handed the, my, my buddies and I bartended, it was understood I came in at 10 mm-hmm. because right. that was when the Red Sox game was over. And if, right. it was a late, if it was a late game on the West Coast, then we'd figure it out. Um, I dated a girl once. I handed her the Nesson schedule, and I said, this is what <laughs> I'll be doing the, the next six months. And, I mean, that was what it was. And then I got yep. a job with the minor league team, and for whatever reason, they put me on the air to call the games as the second guy because my voice was deep. I sucked at it. And that's the whole start of the career, the iron. But, like, at that point, and right when they won the first one, mm-hmm. had been after about two years of doing daily Boston talk show stuff and kind of going, man, every day, huh? Mm-hmm. We're going to do this? Mm-hmm. And so the... the it sucks, but when I was peak into it is when the Yankees were winning everything and when it started to emotionally trail a lot, trail off a little bit is when they started winning all the World Series. Right. right. Unbelievable. And, and you had already enjoyed a little Patriots like, yeah. bump. And, and, and the Rams, the Rams game was unbelievable. And then, you know, so, yeah, I've had, look, it's not like I was rooting for anybody other than the Red Sox, but it's just not the same. I think once you have a little bit more of a life and a career— mm-hmm. Yeah, and also when sports becomes yes. your business, yeah. once it becomes your business, you sort of are like. So let me ask you this: because it is your business, can you can you escape? Because sports for for us is a great escape in terms of like, you know, this run, and, and we'll talk about this at some point. But you know, why this Michigan Ohio State? Why the loss hurt so much is because it was such a fun run as Michigan fans throughout the fall. It gave us the great escape. Can you still escape to sports for the team no, you love? No, no, not at all. And that's that's why I loved it so much is right. that whatever's going on, you know, I'd graduated school. I was still living in Burlington, Vermont, which is an amazing town. Awesome but town. It's so underrated. I think people, when they go there, they Don't go. T- stop. I know, right? stop talking about yeah. it. You know, There's a good comedy it. club there. We want to hit it. Uh, we're going to go there. Up in Burlington. Yeah. Burlington really? Now. Yes. yes. It's a great yes. comedy club up there right now. And you guys want to go to it? Yeah, we haven't been. Yeah. Let me know. Okay. Well, uh, far, I mean, it's far from here. It's as far as you it's can about, get from here. Yeah. Like, it's literally as far as we can get. Like, if we said, hey, we're just going to go to Nova Scotia, people would be like, that's more sensible than going to Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of people were like, wait a minute, you're from? And I'm like, no, I'm not from there. But I was living up there. I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel real accomplished i'd had you know i think you guys anybody that's creative understands you're kind of upstairs in your head you're going is this really going to be it like are we gonna is this really the plan it's like i can't see another blues traveler cover band i right. just i gotta get out of here and let's face it nobody's popper unless mm-hmm. it's popper unless right. it's popper so i love your your point of it being that escape like that was it i go okay cool and i can get really emotionally invested in that and i think that's what happens and then when you're doing it and i'm not asking or I've never asked anybody to have sympathy for what it was once I was in Connecticut but Mm -hmm. Friday through Sunday night in a football season it's 20 plus hours that I'd be in my basement taking notes watching games Mm -hmm. and then add in 40 hours of NBA because I was more of an NBA guy after I'd done the Celtics seasons I I was watching you know 60 plus hours of sports on top of actually doing the job because that was the job yep and that I know people listen to that and be like shut you um, get to yeah, watch sport, and but, you're like, no, but you're analyzing but, it, and you're really you, there's no room to then go and just say, I'm going to turn off and watch right. a game. 
Right. And every time I woke up, all I thought about was like, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to talk about what I just saw the whole time? And then all of a sudden, like that was my 30s. And so, you know, that's a big reason why I ended up coming out here and, you know, trying to look, I still love sports. My podcast stuff is is terrific. I'm still actually watching a ton, but it's nice to know that I can if I go outside for a little bit at halftime or something, it's it's a little different scene out here. Well, right. let's talk about let's talk about the NBA. You mentioned it. I, it's so funny. Why do I think of you also as having a tremendous knowledge of college basketball? Is that wrong? That would be, I would say, wrong now because what happens is I'm a big draft guy and right. I've done the draft as an analyst, but I usually do a big catch-up thing at the end. Okay, right. so maybe I've just heard you speak about players yeah. to be drafted. As they head in. Yeah. yeah, as they head in. Well, all right, the NBA, I know you know a ton about the NBA. Still? Yeah. Yes, yeah. you do. No, that's my uh, thing. Let's, let's, let's talk about the NBA this year because my thing going into the season was we already know who's going to win. What's the point of actually playing the season? It feels a little like this is ridiculous. The Golden State Warriors are going to win. The only way they can lose is if they get a ton of injuries or beat themselves, and they're kind of beating themselves right now, although I think that will get corrected. I don't love the whole, uh, well, they're just going to win. I mean, first of all— I don't in, love it either. The, but No, but I don't like—I I see. I think we're disagreeing, though. You're saying it is I don't like that we already know who's going to win. You don't think we, that's a foregone conclusion? I think that's part of the story. I think that's part of the challenge. Like some but of didn't these you te- say that last year? Last year at the beginning of the year, I'm like, nobody's going to beat this team. Right. Nobody can match up with this team. Nobody will beat this team. Nobody will. And then they added a piece. <laughs> See, I don't really like the piece they added. I, I always had a uh, a no cousins rule, but they could, they couldn't believe fact that they were going to get him for as cheap as they were. Like cousins gave the market, I think a day plus, you know, not twenty four hours, but maybe forty eight hours, and then cousins got mad and was like, "All right, Golden State, you want me for five million a year?" And they go, sure. "Yes, okay, sure, we won't say no, we'll try it." Yeah. Um, don't you think part of the challenge of that story, though, is as predetermined as it may feel? Don't you think there's an entertainment value part in that, hey, can anybody actually take this team out? I'm, I'm getting blank stares here. Uh, right now. I feel like it. It's, I would it's love it feeling, if that were the case. It's feeling to me like a Prince Nassim Ahmed uh, fight where you feel so you want someone to knock his fucking head off. And you just are want it so badly because you're like entrance, we've seen it. There's there's no but I want one day in life to feel that way <laughs> to dance uh, two minutes longer than everybody thinks and not you even be to dancing. be a great dancer. All right, so he comes in the ring and you're just like, please, just knock him out. Please. And then he's doing and, everything you can. It's unbelievable watching him for and people then, that haven't googled it. Like you have, and he's to. taking wild swings and the guy and whoever he's fighting gets a couple of good yeah. shots in because he doesn't fight any real fighters. No one really has a chance except for once and the guy beat him. Right, and so. Who who fought? Him? I don't remember, but I thought he started getting his his ass handed to him towards the end. Maybe there. a little yeah. bit, yeah. but like yeah. in the beginning. So in the beginning, like you're just like everybody was rooting against him at the beginning. Right. And I know he's going to win. That's because I'm like this guy's kind of a chump. So, so by the way, can I just say as well? The other side of that is I actually enjoy the Golden State Warriors. I love the type of basketball that they play. I love the looseness of them. To me, they reminded me of like the Sacramento Kings and the Weber days, but they actually got the job done. And they, they make shots. Yeah. They, they make, make shots, shots and they were having fun, and they could get over the hump of you know like they didn't have the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe to get over that they could get over that the Kings did. So to me, they were like, this is fun. These guys are enjoying themselves. If you're just a fan and you don't have a dog in the race and you don't have a team that you're rooting for, we grew up in St. Louis, so we never grew up with an NBA team. We grew up like right smack in the The middle. Yeah, I guess, but I'm not that old. Kansas City Kings for a while. (laughs) I know, exactly. 
But the like you know the Hawks, Bob Pettit. Yeah. We used to hang out. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, well, we Bob were like got the Celtics the late fifties. He did. So, but I remember like for us, we remember those uh, Lakers Celtics. Lakers Celtics. I mean, okay, but that felt pretty predetermined. Is my point. Okay, and then when you had the Bulls, that felt pretty. Pre- that second time around with Chicago, where they won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saying the same stuff that we're saying about Golden State now. And when that Lakers team that won a bunch in a row and then lost to the Pistons, it felt inexplicable. I think that's what you hold out hope for when is you're a fan a Pistons, of what is, right. right? Is that all of a sudden, you know, I got to talk to Chauncey Billups about it. Maybe I'm going to name drop a little bit. I got to no, use that. It. But please, I feel like I, it's context of the story. Right. Totally. Like, hey, Chauncey, who's sitting next to me in studio because we're just right. hanging out, right. you go, what happened in that series? And he's like, very early on, we knew those dudes were messed up and we had too much size for them to switch. And we had this thing and he explained it all. He's like, we knew we had them at the end of game one. Like, this is over. So I think that's what you have to hope for. Because the problem with this Golden State stuff is that everybody's so mad about Durant joining them, which I understand because it made 29 other fan bases miserable. Mm -hmm. As you said, at least there's going to be part of you just a basketball fan that has to appreciate how they play. Because it's an, it's so much fun to watch. I appreciate it, but okay, so you watch that team and you know what they're capable of. Is there a thing that some other team can dig into? And Houston almost did it. I mean, that's only a few months ago. Like, think about that. We start the series, all the TNT guys are trashing Houston. This mm-hmm. ain't gonna work. Right. Ha ha! Everybody's right. laughing. And Barkley, who I love and is my guy, <laughs> he was like, but he, he was hated the, other the war- way. He's hated the Warriors I the entire he time. He do- every yeah. time he talks about how he, he picked he- the Clippers against him one time in the playoffs, and then. He was watching Houston, and he starts dogging Houston. And then guess what? They muck it up. They only defend, like, three guys with five players. Iguodala's not playing. If Steph Paul, is a little hurt. Right. And if Paul isn't hurt, I'm not guaranteeing and saying, because there's no way Golden State's losing, I think, game six at home in that series. But we've said all of these things, and it might have been a Paul hamstring away from the Rockets just being that uh, NBA champs. Right. Possible. And then the Rockets got way worse this year by adding Carmelo. It can't be this bad, though. Melody. I don't think it's this bad. The market will correct. I agree. Yeah. Can Paul hasn't played the last two weeks. All right. So let me ask you in the East, can anyone, is it, it's anyone Celtics take out and, Toronto? Yeah, that's my question. Is Celtics <laughs> in Toronto? I mean, can the Celtics beat them? I thought what the Celtics did last, to me, it was the actual playoffs until you got to the finals was phenomenal for the NBA. If you're an NBA, you're like an NBA fan. You love those playoffs. The seven game Celtics, I, I I sat with a group of people, many of whom I did not know, and watched Game 7, LeBron, Celtics. And it was LeBron versus the Celtics. That's exactly what it was in Boston. That was it. And you, I literally watched that. And I'm like, this reminds me of watching Hagler, Sugar Ray, Leonard back in when we did in the 80s at Howard Opinski's house. I mean, it just felt like we're watching something really special happening right here. I wish this was the finals, but it's not going to be. Well... I think it also speaks to how bad the East was the yeah. last couple of years. I mean, the fact that Boston was a one seed two years ago with Isaiah Thomas, and he was incredible through the playoffs, and then they lose to Cleveland again, and you go, that actually is what's supposed that to happen. That was what was supposed to happen. And no Kyrie last year. Hayward had missed the entire year, and they're basically banking on a combination of Horford, Tatum, and Jalen Brown was really good with year. But mm-hmm. I think what happened off of that is you go, well, wait a minute, if, if this team has been – a one seed, and then last year Toronto had all those wins, and it didn't matter because they lose everybody early mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, well, they have to be good now. Yeah. And I went to a Celtics game, you know, when I was in town for the World Series, and I, I watched Kyrie and Jalen and Tatum and Horford and Hayward come out, and I go, "This team's incredible." And they sucked the whole night and lost to Orlando. So they have real problems. You can see when they're playing together, 
And I'd rather have a talent, too much talent problem be my problem. Right. But you can see them all looking at each other going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with you. I don't know how that's supposed to work. Whereas last year with guys hurt, they actually figured out a system that was better than what they've got right Just now. Just move it around, move it around, whoever shoots, shoots. Yeah, they didn't. it almost didn't matter. It right. didn't matter because it wasn't multiple alphas. It was actually going, does anybody want to be the guy? Mm-hmm. And now they have like three guys that could all be the guy because Tatum's terrific. Hayward's trying to figure this thing out. You know, when you're a younger player like Jalen Brown, you get annoyed that you're like, wait a minute, so now I'm the fourth best dude on this team? Like, yeah. I want a max contract. So right. Toronto's better because Kawhi's better than DeMar. Milwaukee's better because their system's better, and Giannis has now taken it from, I love this guy, to he might be the MVP of the league. Because uh, does so, he have an outside shot? It doesn't, hasn't he doesn't need it. I know he has It's unbelievable. I saw but him in the post playoffs, up two mattered. dudes the other night. Two dudes guarding him, and I know, he was just like, oh, I'm just going to dunk over But you, you can defend that. I think in the— in Not the, always. I don't know. In the it playoffs, I think yet. you got to hit an outside shot, and I don't trust him with the ball in his hands. But what they're doing in Milwaukee, it's a little bit like Houston in that it's five out. And what they'll do with Houston, what you saw is you go— you know, Harden's so good with his shot and his mm-hmm. handle, mm-hmm. you really can't help off. Like, you have to help because of his drives, but you'd almost rather him drive and you know, the calls that he gets, and Harden's terrific at getting those calls, mm-hmm. even if it's frustrating to watch. Yeah. You, you're four out there, and what they're doing in Milwaukee is they're having Giannis initiate all this stuff. Uh, it's mm-hmm. amazing. And they'll have five guys out, and they kind of have a Houston light of last year yep. of spacing mm-hmm. uh, with their shooters. So Boston's in trouble, one, because they've looked like a mess a quarter of the way in, yep. and because there's other teams in the East that are better. And, you know, the Pacers, who on paper you don't love, um, they're better. You know, there, there's just a better, there's more depth at the top of the East than we've had the last couple of years. Which right. I think is a good thing. And the West is mucked up more than we've ever seen it in the past. Like the Cl- who saw the Clippers Nobody. being a team? Losing Blake Griffin, losing DeAndre Jordan, and then suddenly now they're, it's almost like addition by subtraction. Yeah, that. Uh, Doesn't that to me in sports that is that is amazing? Like when the Cardinals lost Mark McGuire, we're like it's over. Not it's over, but what are we gonna do? There goes our power source, and then all of a sudden Pujols just yeah, you get like the greatest hitter of his generation uh, for that ten year period or for that whatever it was seven years, eight. Years? Oh no, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean it's Ted Williams type stuff. So I mean there is a, there is it's kind of amazing. I don't know. I actually think there's hope everywhere. I even think if you're in Phoenix and I don't they don't love the team, but you look at the. You know, they have players that you can be really excited about in the NBA. I think whoever gets Zion is going to be exciting next year. I mean, it's there's excitement for everyone. The league, the league is better positioned than the other leagues. Like we look at all that data that we get as talk show hosts, and you know, I used to, as I talked about at the top, I loved baseball. I mean, that was my thing. Hey, three hours, leave me alone. I don't care how long it took. I mean, I still get. I mean, I'm kind of afraid to admit this, but I go to Fenway by myself and keep score, and I wasn't a hundred. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. I love to me that's great too because it is it everything about Fenway when we went for the first time, I was just blown away by how how beautiful that park. I am not ashamed to admit I love I think that's the best park. That Wrigley then Pac Bell. That's the order for me. I love those yeah. three parks in that order. I just like that you everything doesn't even make sense. Like even to walk in behind home plate, you're like suddenly walking up this steep incline and you're making a tight turn. And yeah, like yeah. all stadiums are built now into the ground yeah. where you walk straight in and you, you go walk down. up into this. Yeah, it's just yeah. as a kid. And even now I, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to go and I just go, you know, the green, it's just overwhelming. And there's all these different little spots and I've sat probably everywhere now, but I would look at some of the baseball topics going back to when Van Pelt and I first started the show, and that's almost 10 years ago mm-hmm. when he and I first started. Mm-hmm. And I think it is 10 years ago. And we would do, hey, who do the 
who do the Angels need to sign in free agency? Like, we'd write that segment in. Mm-hmm. And if you ever came should to I me now as now. a producer yep. and was like, hey, we should do something on Hot Stove. Mm-hmm. And I used to be weird about Hot Stove. I'd be refreshing all sorts of stupid transactions. I love websites. all that stuff. I loved it. You love all that. But as the talk show host, I started realizing the last four or five years, you go, this is not going to play. It's a regional topic. It's never a national topic anymore. The only time a national topic relates to baseball is like scandal. And so true. when I look at the NBA and you go, okay, average average age of fan, it's decade plus younger than baseball, multicultural, NFL, multicultural internationally it crushes it, it's yep. social media presence, mm-hmm. it is positioned better than any of the other leagues. And I'm not like, look, I've been all over the South, so this whole death to football thing, I kind of roll my eyes at it a little bit and go. Death to the NFL? I'd be like, hey, man, I've been to Mississippi. Like, what do you think is going to go on there Saturdays and Sundays? They're going to watch football, and the SEC is strong enough that the football, they're going to want their guy, watch their guys in the league. So I I disagree with that. But I do think the NBA is, the NBA is far more nimble when it comes to, like, social, like, issues. Yeah, when the NBA said... We aren't going to play our All-Star game in Charlotte when literally there were banners up in Charlotte saying the NBA we All-Star game is coming here. We were in Charlotte doing comedy, and they're like, we're prepping for the for the All-Star, All-Star game. game. And they were like, hey, wait a minute. You can't treat transgender people like that. We're not going to bring our All-Star which, game. Which that's relevant to what we talked about at the top of the show, which is this whole Dwight Howard thing, which, again, speaks to a larger issue. I feel like if, if any league can come forward and perhaps help deal with this, I think— He's luckier that he's in the NBA than he is in the NFL. I don't think there's any hope in the NFL if you're dealing with a transgender. Like, if you, obviously, athletes in the sports world yeah. doesn't It's a tough take, world to, you know, he'd navigate be, He'd be this. luckier if he was in the cast of Hamilton. But he's definitely, like, you know, dealing with something that's a little bit— I feel like if there's any league that I think maybe has hope to deal, it's that one. Otherwise, I I've mean, always said if Ray Lewis came out and said he was gay— that would change a lot of people's like a lot of people would be like, well, he's the toughest dude on the. It means nothing what your sexual orientation oh, is. Oh right, because so I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like if if he came out and said I'm gay and this is me and this, is, I, I mean he would never because even if he was, he's too much of a god guy to do it. But like that was secretly in my heart. I was hoping that I would hope that somebody like that would come out to just kind of crush it away for everybody where they're like it doesn't matter like there was this was he South African uh, rugby player who's like the toughest dude that guy came out and everybody and he's not getting a backlash at all no not at all that's that's a really good question because I used to think about you know if you go back and read about Jackie Robinson and having a breakthrough color barrier you go okay that there's nothing you can really understand you can read books on it you can watch movies but you know, the, the idea that you just say you're being chosen to do this because you actually are smart enough to understand that you're going to have to take it all mm. and you're going to mm-hmm. just have to swallow your pride the entire time. That's it. Okay. But it was still a question of, it wasn't a question of like manliness. And in the sports world, I wonder if that's a more, more often questioned thing. So, so, so I used to think that that yeah. crossover would be like as challenging as anything we've seen, but I do think for how, I guess a lot of times I think the country surprises me how open-minded we can be. Like we can all sit there, like people that tweet out in the morning, like everything's terrible. Here's a cat. It's like, you know what? You suck. Mm-hmm. Delete your account. Mm-hmm. And when I think about what that's going to be like when it's a star that comes out and says, you know what? I'm gay. What's up? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got a game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think 
there's going to be a lot of, and I'm not talking about the haters and the miserable people out there, but I think there's going to be more public support because of how this conversation has shifted the last couple of years from Agreed. other celebrities so. and other athletes that are straight. I think there's going to be more public support, whether or not it's genuine or they just want to attach themselves mm-hmm. to think cool. Like, however, it's positive. Who cares how you get there? Right. And I think that's what would happen, knowing full well that, yes, of course, there's there going to be a be segment a, of the country oh, yeah. that just doesn't see it. Well, yeah. they're homophobic or they're whatever from the get-go. But what the thing that I talked about at the top of the show, which I firmly believe and, and I think it makes sense, is that in sports we vilify the opposition, okay? More so than like, again, it's, it's why it's different than it being an actor from a TV show. It's like, it's not like the cast of... Game of Thrones is like fans of Game of Thrones aren't at like opposition with like the cast of Crashing on HBO. And they're not like trying to make them seem like they're weak and be like, our numbers are better yeah. than yours. But when you go into Crashing a game. Crashing never goes on the road. Yeah, exactly. Crashing, you know, they're not a cold Something. weather show. All right. So you got to like a situation where, you know, if you're a if you're a Cleveland fan or if you're a, we talk about if you're a Michigan fan versus Ohio State or let's go Red Sox versus Yankees, you want to hate the Yankees with everything inside of you. So you go to your basis, most like, you know, deepest, meanest, whatever you can say about anyone. You want to find weakness in them. Sure. Whatever, quote unquote, you consider to be weakness. And so you have a whole section of our society that already, quote unquote, hates you because of you're the opposition. So when someone comes up with something in their lives that makes them a target, vulnerable, the other side is going to, a larger portion of the side is going to seize on that more than just the traditional homophobic dipshits. Absolutely. The SEC, it always reminds me of this. As soon as a guy gets bounced out of a school for doing something stupid or if there was a recruiting thing, every other fan base goes, ah, you know, look at you guys. You guys are dirty. You cheat. You Mm -hmm. did this. You let in this kind of player. And then that guy, if he's really good, will transfer to another SEC school. That's right. So... I, I mean, I, I think that's part of the argument. I mean, it's not the same conversation, but it is part of the argument to what you're saying is totally. you pick that thing, and in this case, it's a transfer. You'd hope people would be more mature to leave out the other thing, but no, like it'll be looked at the same way as if, hey, we have this thing on you to make fun of. I mean, the crazy thing is, like, who cares if someone's gay? Who cares if this person, like, when you think about the Redskins picking up who they just picked up two days after he was Reuben Foster, yes, yeah. off of a domestic violence, he was arrested. I mean, yes, stuff has to get proven out, but this isn't the first time for this dude. Yeah, his thing is really unique. Is that just blow your mind that you're like Redskins? You can be this way about this and 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 just look the other way at this stuff. No, how much do you? How much do you have to win? Like, are there other guys out there that you can sort like? What what message does that send? I think what I'd always ask people though is as bad as the Reuben Foster thing is because I don't know really what the hell's going on there. I don't. We don't know a hundred percent yet, but there's definitely smoke. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying his is so weird because her testimony when she recanted the first time was so specific for saying how much she wanted to ruin his life. It wasn't just that, hey, I'm, I now decided because I like him and I don't want to get him in trouble, like we have with so many other domestic issues where something happens and then they don't want to press charges. This was like really odd and specific, and then he's back with her. So like I don't want to – honestly, with this one, I don't really want to take anybody's side between the two of them. But – what I'd always said on the show was if we're at a point with this stuff that we don't want anyone to ever have a career again, like that's that's a, that's like a system thing that we have to ask ourselves. Are we okay where everybody would go through something as bad as it may be that you feel like, okay, that person should never, ever be allowed to work? So when Foster gets signed by the Redskins, everyone freaks out. Everybody makes fun of the team. 
And I get that. I'm not saying anyone's wrong, but what I'd always ask is, do you think then it's okay to like start living in a world where when you do get into trouble that you can then never play again? I don't think so. I'm a big person on apologies and it has to be the right apology. It has to be the Probably right. Probably repentance yeah, and I mean, to whatever me, you have to and do. And you're not getting that from Foster right now. That's so. what I'm saying. I'm just not getting it from... You know, apologize it, if it's being investigated then too, you know? So, well, I mean, legally he right. might not be able to right. say what is, what is happening and what's going on. But like, to me, there's like the transparency of things is a big. It's just big. Like, I think if you're walking in hands up, like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And you know, I can't say anything because of legally right now, what is happening right now. But he, again, the more information that gets put out, the better I think it is for people and, and a certain type of apology I feel like goes a long way. I mean, again, we felt this way with Brady. I mean, we said this and, and got into a huge argument with Bill Burr on this show. He was very upset with us because we didn't take Peyton Manning to task for having HGH sent to his uh, wife that he got. And why don't we bring that up? And then I'm just saying that's like, that was his. Wait a minute. So you were talking to Flategate and he brought up the HGH. Yeah, and a bunch of other things. So why are we taking off? And 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 why are we attacking other players? Why for is it only Brady? And all we said was, look, Brady's a Michigan guy. We're Michigan guys. We love him and want him to be seen as the greatest quarterback of all time it only serves us because he comes from the tree of uh, and the program that we love and by the way the timeline it wasn't like they both happened the same week no but it but the argument was you're only going to focus right now on brady and not the other my point was that if brady would have come out right after the uh right after the thing in indianapolis the guy catches the ball and basically squeezes into a pancake and and literally come out and said this at the press conference hey we're not cheaters i'm not a cheater and my guys, what we we know there is a line in the NFL, and we go right up to that line. And football is a game of inches. It's a game of ounces. I like the ball to be a little bit more, you know, I want to go right up to that edge. We went right up to the edge, and we made a mistake. We went too it's far. It's like a D-back. D-back's always going to try and grab try a little and grab bit. Try and grab a little bit of a jersey. Until That's what, call. until you call it. He said, if he's like, it was not our intention to go over. We went over. I apologize. I'll take whatever fine is there. I'll take whatever suspension is there. I'm going to take responsibility for this. Don't. The equipment guys don't – these guys, they have nothing to, to do with this. I just know that this is the edge, and we try and get as close to that edge as possible. We are now not going to do that anymore because we know that there's a chance that we could go over. That was a mistake. If he just said that in the press conference, you hear nothing. But if you're breaking cell phones, you're doing this stuff, that it just looks bad. I'm just saying the lack of transparency there looks bad for a guy that we love and want to see not be in that position. I couldn't believe that they weren't just going to go with the I like the balls a little softer thing. And I'm not trying to, like, make a joke there. I, I, when they did the I whole— It is a great joke. Right. No, joke. right. <laughs> but I'm like, you guys really are going all in on this Belichick anti-everything, petty, 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 admit nothing. I was like, this is going to be—I really felt like at the time it was a mistake. And then it went on for two years, and I hated the story. I got so sick of talking about it. But my Patriots fans' friends, like a Bill Burr type, because I have the same Bill Burr friends, mm-hmm. not him specifically or our group. By but, the way, I respect his opinion on it, too. I don't, because but... I know where it's coming from. Like, it's—he thinks he's Belichick. Like, he's doing the nothing is wrong. Like, don't break your phone. Now, here's the thing. If I were Brady— I'm not going to send you my cell phone because no. then next thing I know, a Giselle pick leaks or a ton and, and of other texts about other people. Just exactly. like, how course. many times have we seen stories where it's like, hey, just show me your thing or let me see you. Yeah, and then and it's, it's like, like oh, it's by like, the way, we yeah. found this really entertaining. So I leaked it to a friend. He sent it to somebody else. So if I it's on there, it's right. going to come out. Something happened, but it was absurd. So anybody that denies that nothing happened, I can't listen to, right? This is a lot like politics, the Deflategate story. It is. If, That's why if, it's so riveting. If you're of the mindset that nothing happened and that the Patriots got rid of the two trainers for no reason and that Kraft also took the suspension and decided for the betterment of the NFL to like step back and then he still got hosed. 
on this whole deal because this guy got suspended. I, I can't really talk with you, but I also think if you're a guy going, oh, the Pats cheat, then who cares? Like, how many times, remember watching cold games where they put the ball in front of the heater? Yeah. Like, to pursue and prosecute on this one the way that they did, it was such, it was really an accumulation of all these years of things that people had heard about the Patriots right. or whispers around Foxborough that it's like, it's always a little different here with the headsets going out. You know, there was this huge article at ESPN about the whole thing. I, the, the extreme Patriot guy, I don't want to hear from, but the guy that thinks that the NFL should have suspended him four games, like, that was absurd, too. Agreed. I think you're right. The extremes on both sides are, yeah, and I think Bill Burr's great, but I just you know I love some him. Of these and, Pats, I, and I some actually, of these Pats fans, man, it, it, it well they do feel like they've been under attack for like decades. Enjoy like, all the Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens to you when. Well, wait, you, didn't he come back out of the suspension and they won that year? Or well, no, they went to the Super Bowl and no, they, they, they lost, lost right, but they right. went to the Super Bowl. No, they won. They beat it. They beat. Uh, yeah, they beat Atlanta. Oh, they Atlanta. came back. So they came back after that suspension and won. Suspension why? Didn't even do anything. Why? Because that's Ray, right. Because he, didn't want he was arrested. Right, but right. he was arrested. So there you go. An older guy gets like four games arrested. Well, he's in the Super Bowl basically every year now. Uh, yeah. You know, then there's the there's so much hate for the Patriots, and I always kind of feel like. When Scott and I were doing the show, we were this filter of every single opinion in the United States. And you you go, I can't believe like people are still pointing to Brady as a system guy. Like some of these arguments we have about players, mm-hmm. you go, you know what? You know how I know Philip Rivers is? He's incredible. He's really good. And he's not going to have the winning resume that the other guys have. But he may be just as good as them as a quarterback. And the idea that he's almost 40 and we're still trying to week to week go, who is Phillip Rivers and what is his legacy? And anybody that's doing, well, Brady, you know, it's more of a system. It's all these different things. I've seen five different versions of that guy as a quarterback. From the guy they didn't trust to throw down the field to the guy that chucked it a million times, mm-hmm. to the guy that's had weapons, mm-hmm. to the guy that has no weapons exactly. and has a bunch of white lacrosse players mm-hmm. playing wide receiver. That's right. I've seen all these different versions of him. And when people would have a ever point to the 11 and 5 Matt Castle season I'd go okay and I know everybody hates when I do this because it's true but the Pats cross matches for the NFC and the AFC they were awful divisions it was a 7 and 9 division winner and it was an 8 and 8 division winner so he was they playing won, down teams right, they That's won right. 11 games and didn't get into the playoffs because everybody else won so many games in the AFC East that year because the NFC was so down because it was, it was, it was terrible That's right, right right so i mean that's right i mean i don't think he's a i don't think he's a system guy philip rivers is a great person to think about i would love to match philip rivers numbers with like a dan fouts who is in the hall of fame Fouts. I mean, like, how are these guys? How would you compare them? Like, who's the better Chargers quarterback over time? Fouts never won the big game. He never won the big game. He made it to the playoffs. But he was doing the numbers when nobody else was doing the numbers. And now we're going to have this number explosion. Sure. Of course. Then, right. You can't just go Rivers numbers against Fouts numbers. Yeah, also, though. Fouts had uh, Don Coriel. Right. He was in the Air Coriel system with like four wide receivers that were all, he like spread them out and Kellen Winslow. And you had guys who were just like, catch machines and you know rivers has it but not quite the same level as that no charlie joiner he doesn't have like five guys out wide at all keenan allen's pretty damn good yeah keenan allen's great mike williams has been good now that he's healthy that big kid from clemson but whenever i get into these kind of debates it does seem to fall back on that ring thing and and i just i don't know I've, i've asked people before i go well, do you want to just print out who has the most Super Bowls in descending order, and then we'll just rank them that way? Like, I live in a world, at least in my own place, I live by myself, so maybe mm-hmm. that's the reason why, mm-hmm. but I live in a world where I think Phillip Rivers will end up having the better career than Eli Manning. He will be the better quarterback. That he's is just, a great, right, that but, is but a he's great. Not, he's not going to have the resume, nope. right? So that's the thing. So I think you, he gets in the Hall of Fame. I think Phillip Rivers Phillip, gets yeah. I think he does. I but, just think he does. And I We do too much of the Hall of Fame with the football where it's like, did the guy win a ring? Okay, he's in. Like, Eli's had some 
terrible, terrible years, and he's going to be rubber stamped in there. He's all, he will because he he's, he's got two. He's got two. He's got two, and he's got two against against the undefeated Patriots team, and then another two. really good Pats. Right. Yeah, so like he team. he is one in ways that, and it's New York. And totally. New York media. And, and I when mean, I say San career, goes, like I get that the guy that wins two Super Bowl has has a better career, but I mean just start to finish who they were as quarterbacks. Oh yeah, Rivers to Are me they the is going to be age? the better. Are they around same, the same class as the Roethlisberger class? So they're the same class. All yeah. right. So I mean, I say all three of those guys get in. They all three will get in. Roethlisberger gets in, no question. I think all three of them. All get three in. of those guys get in, and Roethlisberger will fought, or his force his way in. <laughs> um, all right, should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, Ryan, I could talk to this guy all day long. Ryan Rastillo is with us. Um, this is you have uh, a show on the Ringer. Let's mention that. By yes, the way. yeah. So I got with Ringer Bill Simmons, a guy I've known a long time. Uh, it was great once I moved out here. He's like, do you want to do something? So we're doing the dual threat, which is you know we try to come up with a clever football name. I'm not even sure that we did that yet, but it's college football. <laughs> Pro football, that's what I wanted to do because I still love college so much. And then once football season is over, I'll be joining Bill once a week to talk NBA for like an hour, two hours. And then I still uh, happy to be with ESPN for another run at this and doing the Rosillo Show podcast with them at ESPN. So good. Thanks, right, guys. So let's take a break. When we come back. We got some quick hits. Ryan Rosillo, stay with us. You say the hill's too steep to climb. Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay, and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, we want to mention that uh, what do Largo. we have coming out? Yeah, Largo, Los Angeles. We're doing uh, our other podcast, Dumb People Town, live uh, at with Largo Will Forte with on Will Monday, Forte. the uh, December tenth. So come out for that. Just added uh, Ted Leo, fantastic uh, musician. He's going to play some songs. That's going to be a great show. And uh, and then we'll be in San Francisco doing uh, Sketchfest, the live Dumb People Town there on uh, Friday, January eleventh. And we our guest is Ron Funches. So come get tickets for that. We'll see you guys out for those. Uh, Ryan Rosillo is with us right now. He's got his uh, dual threat on The Ringer with Bill Simmons and then the Rosillo podcast on ESPN. ESPN. You can get it at ESPN.com or where you yep. get ESPN podcasts. Right. Apple yeah, podcasts, ESPN yeah, app. Fantastic and great. 
honest takes. I just feel like, again, there is like a... Few voices cut through the clutter. This guy's does. It's uh, a very... It comes from a very honest place. It always does. And so that's why... I don't know. I, I, I'm i going to heap that praise on you because I, I really enjoy it. listening to how you break stuff down. Uh, how do you feel about the world of curling and the sport of curling? Well, as we mentioned before, when I was up in uh, Burlington for a while. We got the CBC. I think we got both Canadian channels. And oh, yeah. I, at one point, I think in the... I think it was 96. Mm-hmm. I got that thing down. Like, I started watching it. So you got it. You understood. You know yeah. what back of the house means. I want to put the stones in the house. Yeah, back then I did. I'm yeah, not I as locked know. in. I just, to me, it, it made a big deal in, like, the most recent Winter Olympics. It kind People of was, got like, in on it was on a lot. Yes. To me, I loved it because everyone looks like you're not dressed like an athlete. Like, you should never play an Olympic sport while wearing a belt. Which is what right. they did. Right. They you all sh- look like they worked at a Verizon store, or like That's a Boost Mobile. Uh, Maybe a Sprint. Sprint, sprint Mobile. Yeah. Sprint, sprint Speed. Mobile. Sprint. Yeah. So they shout out to Sprint. I don't shout think out to. Not, I, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to sponsor us, but recently I think Mint Mobile sponsors. Yeah. Us. The curling foursome of Jamie Co. Ryan Fry. I don't know if you heard this. Chris Shield and DJ. Kidby. Oh, DJ Kidby, yeah. DJ Kidby. DJ Kidby on, if the, he's ones, not on a, the ones and twos. If he's not a house part-time DJ, I don't know what is. Full-time player. Out of Did the you hear re- about that girl that was name shame because her name was Ab City? Yeah, I saw that yeah. you on know a what? flight. That guy had about 20,000 retweets. It should have zero retweets. I agree. You know? That's her name. Look, I'm doing a lot of crunches. I want to be called Ab City. But what I don't get is, like, am I supposed to feel really sorry for the kid? Like, no, I, I, don't, feel, I don't in that one. I, I feel also like... I'm not anti-kid. But it's the but. parental thing to not do that to your kid. Your your kids have, like, fucked up names, Jay. Not I, fucked up, but, I mean, certainly, like, you have to explain to people, like, your son's name's Liev and no one gets it. People call him Leave. Right. And, and you're like, like you don't want not, him to get out of here. That's on you, Jay, a little bit. It is on Anyway, me. Red Deer Curling Classic on, uh, a couple weeks ago, were they were kicked out for unacceptable behavior that included being extremely drunk. That of all the sports, another sport. I mean, that feels like a sport you should be doing when you're drunk. Is this a sanctioned deal or yes. what? Is this? Yes, sanctioned event. They were loud. They fucked up they the locker e- room. They were ejected <laughs> from the World Curling Tour event and forced to forfeit all their things after receiving numerous complaints from How opponents do you get, wait and spectators. I can understand if it was like a practice or something. No, right? this no, is this, the tournament, I mean, Ryan. Not, we talk about practice. Let me talk about practice. The committee at the Red Deer Curling Center was compelled to intervene. They were out to curl and they were extremely drunk and breaking brooms? Breaking brooms! What if that's a training method, though? Because there is sweeping involved. That, to me, should be the term of I sat down with another curling team to get to know. We broke brooms. We broke brooms brooms together. together. (laughs) We broke brooms. Breaking brooms, (laughs) swearing, and just unacceptable behavior that nobody wants to watch or hear or listen to. I don't know. That might actually make curling more fun if there's just like tons of cursing. I didn't know there was anything that existed that made curling less like Dude, you should be if drunk. you knock someone's thing out of the house you should be allowed to yell yeah bitch like you should be allowed they should Curling give you that billiards darts how you about that be able dark controversy okay so okay so we'll, we'll get, get to that, to that. <laughs> all right it's complaints from players and teams however a sign placed on the main board of the arena made it clear that a decision had been made so due to unacceptable behavior and they spell behavior i-o-u-r which very me. canadian uh, was it from, a molson thing because if you got that those molson ices back in the day maybe those can get yeah. you going Sneak all right up so on you. we did that because we had so many complaints from the players and the teams they said they were no for no longer allowed to play in the tournament uh, the Olympic champ apologizes for embarrassing actions. Fry, who normally uh, is a third on Brad Jacobs' team, was serving He's a third, yeah. as a spare with Coe's uh, But, but here's the deal. You should know that your sport itself is hanging in the balance. So this is either a brilliant move to put it in the headlines or the dumbest move ever to, to bring shame upon I'm all for it. 
I kind of am like, I more curling controversy, more actions like that. If you, if if I told you, Ryan, someone's going to show up drunk at the next curling world championships, you're going to yeah. at least yes, record right. it and watch it. You're going to sit there and go, all right, Thank I wonder you. who's drunk. Thank you. You know, and they're like, I feel like they're taking too many risks. That would speak to <laughs> I, I your, saw a broom get yeah, broke. Right. <laughs> you're going to be excited. I just would like to know. Do you respect the fact that there could be a team going into the competitive event that was loose enough mentally to be like, well, we can have a few beers? Okay, so the yes. looseness of did, didn't somebody come out recently that an NBA player drinks like a glass of red wine like before every game? Somebody said that like one glass of red wine before every game. To, look, if this is what you are loose, I don't think it's Divincenzo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that guy's got ups. Uh, we look, we we have a beer sometimes before we go do stand up. That happens. Yeah, but, like, up but the yeah. looseness of I, I which, want that to happen. Listen, yeah. the looseness is uh, you never. What's the drunkest you've ever been while you were doing stand up? There's a time when like a show wasn't starting and you're just drinking and you're kind of like just casually and then you notice that you just had four. Which and for us, I'm not oh a huge my. drinker, and, and I was we like, need like timing, and we have to be on top. We got to listen to each other. It's kind of all the wrong things necessary for us to do what we do. Like I don't mind drinking afterwards. I don't mind hanging out afterwards or partying afterwards. But pre-show is not good, and that yeah. is like when the start time gets pushed back. Yeah. That's when you can it get was at into a corporate. A bit of it was at a corporate event when where the CEO's wife. Uh, in the middle of our set, which was not going well, mm-hmm. uh, had an epileptic seizure right in front of us, and they had to call in the ambulance. Which I counted that as laughter. Uh, we, that yeah, her convulsing, we counted as a laugh. She's but, fine. She's fine. But but that doesn't set the mood for a comedy. Well, show, no, but so the, there are paramedics come in to work on her. Uh, this is part we, of the act, right? We stop because we're like, is everything okay? The guy who booked us is like, keep going, Mm-mm. and we're like, all right. Here's another thing about our lives that you don't give a shit about because you've been drinking since four. What's the deal with, with airlines? Yeah, I just anytime you talk about personal things at a corporate gig, it doesn't. It, it doesn't never goes right. Uh, now you don't have kids, so you don't coach kids. Do you coach kids? Do you coach kids sports no. at all? Okay. I, I've, I've applied, but okay. I've never hired. Jay, you've coached your sons, and we've spoken about this at length. Yes. You coach your your sons' sport, and and you get into it. I mean. I understand, and I have a daughter who's a competitive gymnast, and you have to fight the urge to want to get out. Like, remember the when they would show, was it Allie Reese, who, whose parents, oh. they would show them watching her Allie do her Reese routine. Man, and they were kind of like this, and then waving like that, and then all over. Like they the bobsled like, almost. Yeah, like yeah. move around like they were on a roller coaster because I, they're I understand that, but I'll, I'll go to every, like, Southern California or regional gymnastics competition, I would say 90% of the parents I want to. Well, no, I want to punch in the face because they're <laughs> they're they're taking it too, way too seriously. I mean, my wife got really mad at me because during the national anthem I kneeled and raised a black power fist, and I was like, "Hey, it's my right." right. So, uh, if I'm anything, I think since Kaepernick, I mean, it's it, it's look. Numb. You got a problem with that? Right. Let come talk to me about it. Let's right. let's get into a, a real discussion about what that actually means. So anyway, so I, I get it. Like she's and, not on a club team next year, though. Uh, <laughs> no, for for most people. It's like for parents, hey, this goes my whole weekend. I got to go to this tournament. I could have been doing this. I could have been watching this. Instead, I now have to go into this other. So I get like why they're really into it. But this is a crazy story about a parent who uh, a dad dressed as a ref to sway high school. Did you read about this? Yeah. High school football game losing uh, team's parents. Uh, want suing, the re- suing. That's right. They want the result reversed in their students. So the game ended on the two-yard line, but that's where the controversy began. So wait, this guy's not the ref in the game, but he dresses in his ref. I guess he's a part-time ref. Dresses in the ref thing, starts walking on the sidelines and talking to the refs in the game as if he's like an official who's... He's not pro- hired to be a part of it. Not no. hired to be part of the crew. 
but yet walking the sidelines. This guy was cool growing up. I, <laughs> but I mean, his. Okay, I know you want your kids to win. I mean, Jay, you can speak to it. You, I, my kids don't play team sports, so I can't really speak to this. But I, I mean, I you want. want tell, how many games has your son won in the basketball league in the so last? So in years? his last three seasons that you've coached and that, you've been the part. I'm of not. It. I'm assistant coaching okay. because we go do stand up, so I'm not the one installing the system. Okay. One in thirty-three. That now is he's terrible. not happy. The Hugh Jackson of the um, Super League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baker Mayfield's taking shots at you. Why is he doing that on Instagram? Uh, no, but I. So I. <laughs> hey, man, that's not a maturity thing. That's just him being him. That's IG, man. So I mean, I'm, I, and I get very frustrated. And if I get, you could put on a ref shirt and like make some charging call to allow call, two to or three calls to, to sway allow some close games, yeah. I would wouldn't do it. you want to do that? Here? Hell yeah. So this guy's not even involved in the whole deal, and no, he decides but, to like spot the ball. So go ahead. So Simeon, Career school, which by the way, Simeon, Isn't Simeon that, and Rice are the two basketball powerhouses in Chicago. They were for years. I don't know if they still are. King wasn't King and Simeon and Rice. Yeah, uh, downtown uh, was a was a down a touchdown to Nazareth Academy and driving down the field in Illinois Class Seven A. So you know it's Seven A. They've got like five thousand kids at the school. It's ginormous. Say quarterfinal on November eleventh. Uh, Nazareth held Simeon out of the end zone on one handoff, then made another goal line stand on the next play. As the clock ticked down, officials were confused about where to spot the ball, and time expired before Simeon could get the final playoff. Nazareth held on for the upset 34-27, but Simeon parents had some questions about the game's officiating, especially the presence of a Nazareth parent dressed in full referee uniform, standing on the Nazareth sideline, talking with officials throughout the game. So he just he, was he, like, he I'm going to wear this tonight. I mean, he wasn't in on the play, technically. Do they have a case? So now Simeon parents and athletic boosters are suing the Illinois High School Administration or Association, arguing that the officials and the IHSA uh, that sanctions them breached their contract with the state's member schools. They are asking that the court prohibit the IHSA from declaring a winner in the game. By the way, nothing feels better than having, having a court appoint yeah. you a state champion in right, football. Right. <laughs> right? We did the, uh, yeah, we had that in college once. We were intramural champs mm-hmm. our first year, yep. and then I remember we... That. We're undefeated the second year, so we hadn't lost a game in two years. Mm-hmm. And then they called us, and they, you know, a lot of our games got snowed out up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, when's this championship game? It's snowed out. Like, I was staying in on Fridays at 21 years old, mm-hmm. so I'd be fresh to go on a yeah, Saturday. Gotta yeah. get right. that rest. Right. You gotta get that like, rest. I go out on Thursday, but I'm gonna, lay, I'm gonna yeah. lay low. The carbo load. Yeah. Then so I'm gonna lay down. Two of the games got uh, delayed, you know, because of snow. So they called us. They go, hey, we're just gonna make you co-champs. And I called back. I was like, no, we're not. No, we're not. But like, we beat them twice in the regular season. They're seven and two or nine and zero. Oh. We're the champs. And they were like, you're okay, nine fine. and zero. Oh. Right. So that part I understood, and I got really upset about the intramural department back then. Sure. But this one, here's the deal: if if we know anything, that if you can blame something for you not doing what you wanted to do, people are gonna. Do you're it. just gonna blame the thing. Uh, you're and saying if, punch the ball in the end zone. Right. So Simeon, if this guy is wearing, you know, you can't just. Like normally, you just have to blame the refs. That's right. You'd be like, "Oh, the refs screwed us." You actually have a guy who you can point to physically. So yeah. this, even though it could be a complete waste of time, and he didn't do anything under- wrong. Yeah, it's very well. He's kind he of is, he, he he don't do it. Is this like the guy at the grocery store that can memorize your birthday thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going <laughs> that on? Guy. No, yeah. I it, it, that this, guy creeps me out a lot. I'm like, have you watched me sleep? Maybe this is uh, like someone who is. I mean, because it's a competition, he's showing up in a situation and he's, we don't know if he's influencing them. It's but he's making to, the choice to wear a referee's outfit to, to a try game and, and influence then stand the on game. the side right. And then the refs are talking to him at some point. So the team that lost, including the parents of those kids, said he must have influenced. Right, right. He must have influenced. This is him. very 
predictable as odd as it is. Right. And so it's this like could be the next season of Serial. I mean, I mean, how freaking good would that, that would, be? It would be amazing. I got to tell you, the English narrator on the newest Serial, mm. he loses me. I'm such a Sarah fan. Yeah, because yeah. she was so she was in the story, not, and she was in yeah. the story, and she was so not a regular narrator that no, you, it worked. It and worked then, because it this, was. So let me see if I'm reading this correctly. You felt like the British narrator somewhat put a, a level took of it distance. a step back in terms of intimacy. No, I just couldn't understand okay. it as well. I couldn't. Well, put it this way: when we were doing cheap seats, there was a brief period of time where we were told by the higher ups there that we needed a studio audience in the. And meanwhile, the show was predicated on... I actually on, wish you had. Well, the <laughs> show was predicated on us hanging out with you. And I think one of the things that like people loved is like, hey, I'm just hanging out with these two guys who are on a couch. But when you put an audience in there, there's like another level. It's like are another we playing, layer of Another distance. layer. Are we playing to the audience right. or the people at home or what? Uh, all right. We were talking about darts before. Two pro dart players, and you talked about this, have accused each other <laughs> of farting on stage during a match in England this week, casting a... And I'm so mad that this person put this in this article. Cloud of controversy over the heralded tournament. Okay, heralded is, heralded is, is way a, too big of an adjective. Should be in quotes. Heralded should be yeah, in quotes. Right. Uh, I just want you to know that <laughs> you know how like you get a story on the internet and then they put a bunch of stories down the side that they think if you're reading this, yes. you probably like this. Oh, that too. must be brutal. Picture of a woman's face. She's like really mad. Woman shits on that. No. <laughs> How a loud fart landed this woman behind bars. Great story. I will read that later. I'll take. Wait till you see this child star uh, after his fart. I'll take Jeez. me two nights to lose the smell from my. It'll take me two nights to lose the smell from my nose. Dutch player Wesley Harnes fumed after getting blown away. 10 so this to is the Dutch. These are the, du the Dutch where weed is legal. Uh huh. Uh, prostitution also legal. Mm -hmm. There's this a red is, light. There's no red light district in Scotland. I'll tell you that much. So now this guy. I've never been, so I don't know. Oh, there it's is fantastic. not. There is in Amsterdam, but there is not. At the Grand Slam of Darts in Wolverhampton, Harnes chalked up his foul play to a fragrant smell. So many lines in this, I know, which he uh, deduced came from the Scotsman's bowels. The Bowels of the Scotsman is, to me, how every golf tournament in the British Open should start. I've That's seen Braveheart. That must have been terrible. The Bowels of the Scotsman. Yeah, but Anderson, it like a haggis-laden uh, fart. <laughs> but Anderson, went, who has admitted to passing gas during matches in the past, insisted he was innocent to this olfactory offense, The Guardian reported. So The Guardian is reporting on this. This is now a reporter has been dispatched. Yes. Uh -huh. You are part of the media. Ryan Rossillo, you now have to cover this farting controversy go. Well, I heard actually the sound bites from both Stop. guys. Yeah, I have. I've heard the interviews from it. And the one guy... They're pissed. So the guy that lost is blaming the other guy, right? Mm -hmm. 10 to 2, he lost. The Dutch guy blaming the Scotsman for farting. Okay, the guy that won was really locked up in his post game. Mm -hmm. He had said... I swear on my life, my kids, my my okay, God, so my all this stuff. Right. Like he was giving you the hard sell. Right, I did not. That this do wasn't this. happening. But the thing is, is like, what are you supposed to do? Yep, it was me. I mean, this people have a hard time with this in. I think you private areas. I think if you go the on the offensive, it's, it's right, the whoever smelt it, dealt it, and you put it on the other guy. Right, that's right. And if this, you, he said, if the boy thinks this, if the boy thinks I farted, he's one thousand and ten percent wrong. Never heard that's, of that. Before. That's is that a, a high thing? number. Is that a thing? Yeah, a thousand and ten. I don't know. That's so much higher than anybody's ever gone before. <laughs> who ranked the world's? Who is ranked the world's number four dart player? Rank and, even is rank. Uh, and moved into the quarterfinals. I swear on my children's lives that it was not my fault. I had a bad stomach once on. 
stage before and admitted it, so I'm not going uh, to lie about farting right. on stage. And then he continued, usually I fart on stage. I shit myself. I told you that before. No one? No. He is not so said, he's going with the I shit myself, but not this time. No, defense. no, no. And then he said, I didn't do it. I've only done it once. And then he goes with, usually I fart on stage. So now he's kind of a... There's some holes in it. There's so many holes in it. unreliable yeah. narrator. If you've done it once, you you will do it again. Everyone's trying to gain an advantage. I don't know why linemen probably do it in the pile all the time. Okay, when so you think now, about it like a, a... But I don't think it would linger the way it would in a no, dart match. Barry Hearn, who is the chairman, the darts UK's Professional Darts Corporation, got these two lines in when interviewed. And you know he worked <laughs> these lines the way We've got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh, and man. something doesn't smell right, he added. I, to me, I do not think, again, a sport where you can wear dress shoes. It's not a sport. It just isn't. Like, you can't... Darts is not. We a sport. did an episode of Darts on cheap, cheap seats, seats, and I will tell you that every dart player, man or woman, looked like Rosie O'Donnell. So there is no way to determine. Gender. I like a sport where you can't tell which who's who. gender. Younger like, Rosie, or I mean, old Rosie. Old Rosie. Old Rosie, like like VH1 stand-up spotlight Rosie. And I will say this: it that's younger Rosie. That is younger Rosie. I, I still like her older, intro older on those Rosie. VH shows, I said older. VH1 shows. Older being like older from the from past. the past deeper, Old, in deeper the past. into the past. Okay, so I, the I, old south, the old south. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just to me, I think this is something that darts. This is a controversy that the darts community courts sharts. <laughs> I mean, that totally is what it becomes. <laughs> that that would be. Uh, what if it was this thing that you just kind of like? I remember Grantland did this thing on this bass tournament. And some guys got murdered after it. I mean, it was the most amazing story ever. And it was just sort of understood that in these bass fishing tournaments, like you found a way to cheat. What if this is just the rest of the world understanding where the dart world has been for decades? Yeah. I mean, that is that moment, like with the, the you know, How FBI did, I, uncovering. I remember reading about college that with basketball. The FBI uncovering college basketball. Everybody does it. Yeah. Now you're all finding out about yeah. how much. Yeah, they like do. guys in the, guys in the SEC are taking poker chips from casinos down there and just leaving them or chips from casinos, just leaving bags of them on relatives of five star recruits, you know, porches. And there's no way to track it. You get a couple here, you get a couple there. There's no way to track how you got that money. And if you're getting it from a casino, fine, they're doing it. This is now the new leaving poker. Chip. I wouldn't want to be a dartsman or whatever it is. I, I wouldn't want to do that. The like, fact what that if, you could use this, right. I mean, that's weird. So wouldn't I don't you, even like being around people that being that close to another person that I don't know, you know, for that long. It does feel like, like when you're on a plane, like someone's always farting on a plane, elevator fart, like you, you're around it, it's going to happen. I, the fact that the other guy didn't call it out in the moment, I think is somewhat of an indictment that it did. Because I, if I was on stage and I thought that guy's doing that too, I would call it out. You, I don't know if you would. I think, I think that's you one of those. Would. I think that's one of those things where you're like, "Is this seriously happening?" And now I'm losing this match, and now I got to get focused. Do I yell to everybody, "Hey, he's farting while I'm losing"? <laughs> yes, like, yes. I think you do. I, I think this is very call much over now. an official. Please call, get over here and is, smell this. This is like after the the assault or something that happens, and the guy's like, "If I had been there, I would have just done this." This and no, no, like, no, no. You wouldn't have. I'm not blaming the victim. I'm just saying at that moment they should hire someone from the Westminster Dog Show. Mm. They come over, lift up their hindquarters a little bit, get a whiff of where it perhaps is coming from, 
And even if the guy did so, do it to a point, you he can would treat stop. it like a challenge flag in, in the NFL. Right, bring if out you, the dogs. Well, you treat it like a challenge flag, and if it's a challenge that is made, a you fart lo- flag, you lose yeah. a point. So if you're going to accuse somebody, you better damn well have proof. Yeah, you can't be like Mike Tice here, right? Where you just like, hey, let's just challenge <laughs> red it. Flag yeah. that, red flag that, red flag that, call, left and right. You can't challenge that, That's coach. Right. Well, I challenge the spot then. That was challenge it. the spot. I love it. Challenge the spot on the back of his. There pants. you go. There we, I think we solved the world problems here with Ryan Rosillo again. On the uh, ringer. Dual threat on the ringer, yeah. you and Bill Simmons, and uh, definitely check that out. And then the Rosillo pod uh, at ESPN. Uh, ESPN or wherever you get podcasts. Dude, thank you so much for coming. This is great, and we only scratched the surface. I would love to have you on again. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you for coming. And when we come back, a uh, special guest, so stay with All right, guys, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Thank you, uh, Ryan Rosillo. Just a great dude and uh, a great hang. I I knew he would be because I love listening to him and what he has to say in the world of sports, but fascinating and great takes on uh, the NBA um, and, and of course, uh, darts and the dart world and the farting in the dart world in general, which is a huge problem, and I'm glad we finally had the guts to tackle that on this show. I don't know any other podcast that's going to have the guts to tackle it. Willingness to tackle it. Well, speaking of... Uh, our good friend Chris Christofferson, whenever we decide or we get a chance to, to – anytime he contacts us, I'm always like, great, he's still alive. Yeah. That to me is my first thought. Uh, he had heard we were talking about darts and farting at a dart competition. Uh, he has never played darts, but one time cleared something out that, in my opinion, uh, was maybe this, – this might be one of the worst dart-related things ever. Check it out. This, he left us a voicemail. Hey, boys. Talking to your big man here, Chris. Chris Christopherson. And um, I'm just reaching out to y'all today because I'm reminded, for no particular reason whatsoever, I'm reminded of a time in which I was on, on, on an illustrious date with one uh, Miss Barbara Streisand, who, of course, I am in the movie A Star is Born, which I hope they never, ever remake ever again. But I was out on a date with her, and I figured, if you're going to go out with one of the greatest singer-songwriters, which is me, and you're, and that person's taking out another singer-songwriter, also me, that me, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Streisand, who I met, where do you take Barbara Streisand on a date? I'll tell you where you take her. Number one at the list every time, say it with me, darts competition. Yeah. So we go to this dart competition, and, and I, guys, gentlemen, uh, yeah, I, I had a very big lunch that day. I always have to eat a big meal before I go on a date, you know, burn some calories. You get my drift? <laughs> I don't. What am I saying? But I'm at this dart competition, and I have the worst gas. And so it's just me and Barbara Streisand and a crowd of people, very large crowd of people at a darts competition in Bangor, Maine. That's where we were. And uh, I just ripping farts at the darts campaign, farts and darts at the darts competition. I'm just ripping farts. So it's me, Streisand, darts, farts. And it was just a wonderful time. We had a great time, if I recall. I very, very well may have been on a date with a small dog, you know, high on mescaline. But, you know, that's always the case with Chris. Chris Christopherson. All right, you boys just 
just be well. And if you could send someone to pick me up, I'm 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 by myself outside a large uh, Kmart here in Wichita, Kansas. I think. Uh, yeah. All right. Hearing the story makes me somewhat queasy. You too, Jay? Does that feel the same thing? I feel sick. I feel sick. Yet it's just a bodily function, guys. We start out this thing saying, don't judge Dwight Howard. And we're ending this show saying, don't judge Chris Christofferson. You can judge Chris Christie, but don't judge Chris Christofferson. Thank you, Ryan Rosillo. We'll see you guys at the live Dumb People Town at Largo. Hey, we're headlining Flappers Comedy Club, which is in Burbank right around where we record this show on December 20th. If you're in L.A., come see us. we got great, well, great people on the show. It's going to be really fun. December 20th, live flappers. We're going to headline in L.A., do a headlining set, which is really fun. But we'll see you at Largo, Live Dumb People Town. And then in uh, January, as we mentioned, Ron Funches joins us on the Live Dumb People Town at Sketchfest Friday night, January 11th uh, at Cobb's Comedy at 1030. All right, we'll see you. Punch Waterfalls, guys. We are out.